0: So in the beginning, before we put it out to market, Cy would give me a credit card that had a $500 balance. I would go and buy buy the ingredients. I would make the product. And then because I worked at Whole Foods, constantly there were people coming in there with vaginal issues. So naturally, because I was very close to my team, they knew what I was going through. So anytime somebody had a vagina problem, they sent them to me. What I would do... Is I would help them with all the things in the store, you know, because there's still a bunch of stuff to get, probiotics, you know, all the all the stuff, suppository stuff like that. I would help them with that. I'd walk them to the register, and then I say, "I'm gonna walk you out to your car." I walked them out to their car, helped them with the groceries, and I told them, "I have a product that I can give to you. I don't even want you to buy it, right? And all I need you to do is tell me if it's too strong, too light, too whatever." i just want to know what your experience is
1: welcome to the glam and grow podcast i'm your host takara suet head of partnerships at Wavebreak. on this show we talk with leaders of beauty fashion and lifestyle brands we dive into their stories lessons learned and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow this episode is brought to you by wave break most brands don't email right and it costs them With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on Glam and Grow is B. Dixon, CEO and co-founder of The Honeypot. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I
1: am so excited to chat with you. But before we dive into the brand, tell me a little bit about your background and and how you came up with this idea.
0: Yeah, my background, I have done a lot of things in my life. Right out of high school, I didn't necessarily know. I mean, I knew I wanted to be in the healing business. I thought that that would have been in meth through medical school. But then I started with my pre-med stuff and I was like, I hate this. This cannot be my life. And I'm not really a human who can do things that I don't enjoy. It won't come out. It just won't. You know, it won't come to fruition for me because I am a manifester, you know? And so my mom was like, if you're not going to go to school, you got to figure out something that you're going to do. Because let me tell you what you're not going to do is just be sitting around my house, right? (laughs) 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 Which is hilarious. Uh, and I and I did I did go to school for a little bit. But as I said, um, I, I decided that, you know, that that it wasn't really the way for me. And so I started to work in pharmacy. My mother worked at Cigna as like a medical biller. And so naturally she was able to pull a few strings and they were hiring for pharmacy technicians. And um, and I got into the world of pharmacy and I really enjoyed it, you know, and I did that for about 10 years. and I. The funny thing about the story that I'm about to tell you is that everything that I've ever done has prepared me for this moment. Everything. You know, I worked in pharmacy for 10 years. I worked in Ivy rooms, I worked in chemo labs. I worked in hospitals. I worked in um, retail, mail order. I did every single pharmacy type of pharmacy job that you can imagine. I didn't even know when I first got started that these were even options, right? I didn't know that, that these were pharmacy jobs, you know? And so, um, you know, by, I did it for 10 years, but towards the latter part of the 10, I had moved to Atlanta and I started working at Grady and I worked at Emory hospital. Atlanta at that time was a lot of fun. This was like 2005, which was like the best time to be in Atlanta because it was so, so, so much fun. Oh, that's nice. And, but the only thing about it being really fun is that I was enjoying myself. Too much? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe you needed that.
0: (laughs) I did need it. I think that every young person needs that. And, you know, because adulting is hard enough, right? Absolutely. And, And so, you know, I... I think my last job was in chemotherapy. I worked at a chemo um pharmacy where I would make the IV bags and then the 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 humans that were getting their chemotherapy would kind of be in the next room, right? Um and I really enjoyed it because I really loved the work. I really loved the people that I would meet and see on a daily basis. But I was kind of at a change. I was reaching this like place in my life where I realized that that wasn't the type of healing that I wanted to do, even though it was like, you know, you would see some really beautiful things that also at the same time were very hard because it was people who could have been dealing with their mortality. Right. Some of these people were responding well. A lot of them weren't. You know what I mean? Sometimes It's a very you know, difficult
1: environment to work
0: in. It's a very yeah. I mean, and just working in a hospital environment period is a di- is a difficult environment to work in because you are constantly living between life and death. You know, wow. And that's a very natural place for me because because it felt natural for all those years. But then I was like, I really feel like I need to be in a different type of healing modality. You know, and so I left there, and I actually started a cleaning business, which was interesting. Um, me and my, my best friend that I grew up with, her name is Tasha. You know, I've known her half my life, more than half my life now. Cause I'll be 41 this year. We met when we were 15 years old, but I started a cleaning business. That was really beautiful because it taught me how to, how to make business, how to meet people, how to be hungry, how to, in a lot of ways, it taught me how to survive because during that period you know, there was a period of time that Tasha and I were homeless, you know, we weren't sleeping on the street, but we didn't have a place to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like we would literally work to, (laughs) it's crazy. We would work during the day so that we could get a Motel 6 at night, you know, and so we could just eat. And then sometimes, you know, you know, may he rest in peace. One of our clients, Lorenzen Wright, he used to play for the For the Atlantic Atlanta Hawks, he was a really good client and also friend. He let us crash at his house, like you know. Sometimes some of our you know our best friend Rachel, she would let us crash at her house. It was just an interesting time, but that was beautiful because that taught me that as quick as shit can come, it can go. You know what I mean? I mean that wasn't the first time I had been homeless when I was a kid. My mom and my my stepdad were homeless, which which by proxy made us homeless. And I remember we slept in, a, in our car, but it wasn't for long, right? Cause my mom found, you know, she had friends and we would stay with them. And, you know, we eventually stayed with my Aunt Betty until my mom was able to get back on her feet. But I'm not a stranger to that, but I'm, I'm grateful that it happened to me again in my adult life because it lit a, a kind of a fire under me that was insane. Because I never wanted to go back to that shit again. knowing, But also knowing that at any given moment, no matter how successful you are, that can happen, right? So that was a beautiful teaching moment. And then then I was like, man, I don't know if I... When you're cleaning people's houses, you're cleaning up all their energy, all their stuff, all their things, you know? It was great because it taught me how to build business. It taught me how to reach customers. It taught me how to work my ass off but it was a really hard work because you didn't make money unless you were working. Right. And I had obviously just went through something pretty traumatic like being homeless for a period of time and
1: yeah,
0: I doing all kinds of things that I, you know, that, that, uh, that didn't serve me, which is why they were short lived. But, um, so then I went and I found a job cause I was like, I can't, this can't be my life. Right. So I went and I found a job and I ended up getting a job at Whole Foods in the whole body department you know, and and it was at Whole Foods that I really got to understand the kind of healing that I wanted to do because whole body, the whole body department in Whole Foods is essentially what a pharmacy inside of a Kroger or a supermarket is, right? Only in this way, it was more like an apothecary than it was a pharmacy. And, you know, and, and that time at Whole Foods was cool because, you know. You would get brands coming in. They talk to you about the herbs that they use, and I was a little further ahead than maybe some of the people working there because I had actually worked in medicine for ten years, and I had a a really divine understanding of 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 healing because I just innately had that in me. So I was able to really help people a lot because I understood some of the conditions that they were dealing with because I had worked in the medical field for so long, you know, and so. That was dope because it taught me a lot. And while working at Honeypot is when my vagina started acting up with bacterial vaginosis for almost a year. And um, and I did everything in my power to try to figure it out. You know, I went on Google, I went <laughs> obviously I turned to everything that I was learning with herbs and plants and you know, um I was putting all kinds of stuff in my vagina that I shouldn't have been, you know, <laughs> but but I was just trying to get I was just trying to get healed. I was just trying to like have my vagina back, you know, because every month right after my period, it was like clockwork. Here comes BV again. And it came with an odor and a discharge. It was bad, you know. Um, And it's very common. It's extremely common. Uh, Listen, sister. Let's be real. All the infections and diseases are very common. Just nobody wants to talk about that shit. I agree. Because it's not pretty, you know, but uh, all and 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 when I say diseases, I don't mean only diseases that are dealing with your intimate parts. You know, a lot of things people can hide because you can't see what somebody's going through in their body, whether that be a disease, whether that be a mental, you know, something going on with their mental health. Like there's so many things that you can't see. But then if it's, if it comes out, then it's taboo and weird. And it's just fucking weird. Like all all things are, are common, you know, and we, we should all do better to, and I'm I'm glad you said that we should all do better to respect that notion because that's just the reality of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think also too, I, if you want to elaborate a little bit more, I'm sure you have a way better understanding. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I had it for a year as well. I had, pretty significant surgery and my body just didn't react well to the surgery. And like my whole body was like sick for a year after mm-hmm. it. Um, but like, at least I sort of knew the reason, but it was a very, very challenging thing. I, I changed a lot of like my habits and my lifestyle. Um, but yeah, it's something I, I feel like, you know, most women at some point, something triggers that, but I'm curious if you, for anyone listening who maybe is unsure, you know if they have yeah. it or
0: or how they can combat it. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, it's a pH imbalance, right? Most things related to the vagina, whether it's a uh, yeast infection that's reoccurring, bacterial vaginosis that's reoccurring, UTIs, which is a little bit different because there's E. coli within the urinary tract, um, but a lot of time, which is still a bacteria, right? A lot of times, the thing that's interesting Is that the vagina is constantly at this yin and yang with good and bad bacteria, right? The goal is to keep your pH balanced, and a a balanced pH ranges between 3.5, 4.5. Every vagina is different, right? My vagina could be a 3.8, yours could be a 4.2. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody's vagina is the same because nobody's body is the same. But what happens is there's this really beautiful yin and yang of good and bad bacteria that's constantly ever present. Your goal is to be living a lifestyle and to keep your pH in balance so that you're not having an overgrowth of the bad bacteria. So what is the bad bacteria? The bad bacteria is relative to who you are. During that time where I had BV for a year, probably a little more. And where you had BV for the amount of time that you had it, basically what was happening is your pH was constantly out of whack, which so was mine, right? Now, me and your vagina had prevalent, our bad bacteria might've been more prevalent with with the bacteria that causes bacterial vaginosis. Do I know what that bacteria is right off the top of my head at this moment? No, I don't, but we're going to call it the bad bacteria that causes ba- bacterial vaginosis, right? Some people may have an overgrowth of Candida albicans, which cause what yeast infections, right? So whatever it is that that's more prevalent in your body, and if and if your pH is off, normally where reoccurring issues happen is right around your cycle. Was that the same thing for you?
1: Yeah, it was, it was just a weird, like, I mean, I'm thinking back, it was just a weird year, but it was really triggered, um, from antibiotics. I don't know if that's something that.
0: Because antibiotics kill off the good and the bad bacteria. It like
1: destroyed my internal everything. So it destroyed,
0: yeah, it destroys your, your internal microbiome. Right. And if you can't get, you have to do a lot of work to get that kind of back in check, but the reason why reoccurring infections typically happen right after the cycle, right, right after you have your period, where where you're where you're finished bleeding, is because when your period comes on, your pH raises. That's what it's supposed to do. Blood typically is neutral and or alkaline, right? Some people get reoccurring yeast or bacterial or yeast infections after they make love to their partner, right? Why? Because if their partner is a human with a penis. Um, You know, semen has to be alkaline. Why? Because it's holding life. If your pH is anywhere off, let's say your pH was at the top of the pH scale of 4.5, and and you're gonna be on your you're on your period. Maybe it was at 4.6 when your period started. It was slightly off. Then your period, then your then your cycle came and your period, your your pH balance rose. Then your period went off and it was trying to go back down. When it goes back down <laughs> and 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 it's trying to it's basically going back to where it was before which you know maybe it's maybe it's more or less now that's where the environment is created for there to be an overgrowth of BV or an overgrowth of yeast or an overgrowth of whatever the thing is and then guess what perfect environment for that overgrowth to happen and they multiply by billions because they're bacteria it's a mucus membrane right and and it's easy for that thing to come right back again. And so literally this whole thing is centered around pH balance or pH imbalance. And and that is where the problem is. And that is the thing that you have to solve for. And so where my company comes in is we make really beautiful, efficacious um pH balance vulva washes, you know, that I recommend, especially if you're a person, we don't, it's our products aren't for people who only have issues, you know, with their pH, but they're also for people who don't have any issues and want to be proactive. It's like how you use really beautiful skincare on your face or good body wash on your body or nice toothpaste on your teeth. You know what I'm saying? You want to look at your vulva care in the same way that you look at the way you wash your hair, the way you brush it. You, we use different products for different parts of our body. Why? Because the skin on your body is different than the skin on your face. Your hair has a certain type of pH level. That's why you can't just use anything on it, right? My hair is different than your hair, right? It our, our bodies need different things. And so our vulva washes are really beautiful because they actually match the pH scale between 3.5 and 4.5. So they have that really beautiful pH balance. We use organic apple cider vinegar. We use um, water. <laughs> we use garlic. We use... Uh, you know, grapefruit seed extract. We use really beautiful ingredients that actually help with with helping your vagina to be proactive and helping it to be to keep its pH balance um, while also being gentle and effective and also not throwing your pH balance off. Yeah. And so um, but but that's where it's rooted in. And that's why companies like mine exist um, yeah. to to provide products to humans. So that they can be proactive about their vaginal wellness because what you do on the outside affects inside. You know what I'm saying? Because the vagina is a self-cleaning oven. It doesn't need anything. Right. The vagina know it when 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 the, when the pH is where it needs to be. It knows how to operate. It know even when it's not, it knows how to operate. It just it doesn't feel good, but it's doing what it's meant to do, you know. Um, you know, but it's, it's kind of like inside your body is self-cleaning, right? But like, you need to clean under your arms (laughs) because if not, you're going to, you're going to smell, right? (laughs) Exactly. You know, but, and, and everybody's different and some people, some people need a little less. There's some people who do not need, a uh, an herb powered vulva wash. There's some people who can just use water, right? And, and everybody's different. And I think that that's the really beautiful thing about what we do because we're, our thing is use whatever works for you to keep your your wellness intact. Um, you know, but yeah, I, yeah, I digress. You asked me a question and I answered it. It is, it's literally rooted in pH imbalance. Or yeah. PH. I,
1: I mean, it makes so much sense. It's such a delicate, you know, sensitive area of your body. It makes sense that a lot of people suffer from a lot of different issues for a variety of, of reasons. And, you know. Sure. And and also it doesn't have to be something even that's like permanent. It might come in, unfortunately, in and out of your life at different times based on Perfect. a lot of variety of different things. But, you know, you started the company in 2014. I imagine you you did recognize this white space. Like I, I feel like during that time, there was no variation in what sort of products you could buy. A lot of these products have so many toxins in them. And it's, it's like it's sad that I feel like, as, especially as women, we use these for years, not knowing that they were, you know, potentially making us sick. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what white space you saw, obviously I imagine you saw it and then the development process and in, in creating these like safe, you know, non-toxic products.
0: Yeah. I mean, the white space, the white space i found was actually the one that I constantly was in, was in communication with because Nothing was solving my problem. I thought that I was supposed to use the little white bar of soap because when I went to the OBGYN, that's what they told me, just use a gentle, non-irritating soap. And then they 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 called out the white bar. I won't say the name, but all of us know what it is. <laughs> and um, you know, and uh, you know, and so I thought that I was doing the right thing. But, you know, turns out is that most soap, especially bar soap. And body washes, even if they're natural, are alkaline in nature. Right. And, um, and, and what I needed, you know, which I found out because we actually started the company in 2012. We just didn't launch it to the general public until 2014. Be- because between 2012 and 2014, we had to make sure that it worked. You know what I mean? And so, and how were way- you doing
1: this? Were you formulating like in your home
0: or? Bro, I was formulating in the kitchen, That's and, then amazing. I would, and then I would just give it away. I would just give it away, or we would just give it away. I should say, um, you know. But the way that it, we got started is, I was, I was just doing everything that you can imagine. I was taking baths, which is not necessarily the thing you want to do when your pH balance is off. I was douching. I, you know, I talked a little bit about about it earlier. I was, you know, take putting yogurt inside of tampon applicators and then putting that in. I'm I'm sure that you've been there. I was doing every single thing that I could possibly do. Nothing was working, and my grandmother came and met me in a dream, and she told me that she had been walking with me, seeing me struggle, and she told because my grandmother transitioned. She passed away when my mother was a child. Um, you know, and for some people, they may not connect to a story like this, and that's fine. But the reason why it's so important for me to tell everybody my story is because I need you to understand that this company is ancestral. This company is spiritual. This company was created from something really beautiful. You know, my grandmother was Native American, you know, and also African American. And when she was alive, I don't know that she necessarily lived a lifestyle where she, where she dealt with herbs and things like that. But I believe that when you transition and go to the other side, you know, there's a knowing that happens there's a connection that happens to all things that are real. Um, you know, and, you know, and I was very fortunate to be able to encounter her in that world. Right. And, um, you know, and so I, I mentioned this story a lot because I think that it's important to, for people to understand the real nature of what brought honey pot to me. And it was my grandmother. And she in the dream, she gave me a list of ingredients. She told me that this would solve my problem. She told me I needed to memorize because it was on just a white piece of paper, you know, and it was simple. It was like lavender, um, apple cider vinegar, coconut oil, water. It was just very simple. Like a list. Like imagine when you make a list to go to the grocery store. That's what it looked like. And she told me that I needed to memorize what was on the list. And so that's what I did. I just kept saying the ingredients over and over again. Felt like I said it a hundred times. And then she told me to wake up. And when I woke up, I wrote it down. And Because it, it wasn't really a dream. It was more like a vision. Like we were there together. You know what I mean? I wrote it down. I went to work. I bought all the stuff over the next couple of days then I went home and I made myself a formula and I started using it and and I I had bacterial vaginosis at the time you know and I started using it and literally within like 4 or 5 days the shit was gone wow it was like it just disappeared and I didn't even realize it like I wasn't even for those for those that short amount of time I wasn't You know, checking myself every time I went pee, I wasn't smelling myself. I wasn't like, I was just like comfortable, you know? And then I looked up and I realized that for those days, I wasn't doing that. And I was like, huh. And so I did the thing that I would normally do. And I didn't have an odor. I didn't have this heavy discharge. I didn't have all this stuff. And I was like, shit, it worked, you know? And that was the moment that I was like, this is what I do now.
1: This episode of Glam and Grow is sponsored by AdNaboo, the only app you need for advertising your Shopify store. If you're looking for affordable ways to reach new customers, AdNaboo could be the solution you're looking for. AdNaboo offers the convenience of managing shopping ads across various online platforms like Google Shopping, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and more with a single app. What sets AdNaboo apart? It's innovative AI technology. It optimizes your product listings to generate more sales for your store. Powered by the same language models fueling chat GPT, its AI tech generates the best strategy for each marketplace in real time, saving merchants the hassle of hiring experts and giving them more time to focus on growing their businesses. As a listener of Glam and Grow, you can enjoy an exclusive offer, Adnabu offers a 20% discount on all their paid plans with the code Glam and Grow 20. To learn more about how Adnabu can work for your brand and to learn more about this exclusive offer, visit slash Glam and Grow. Now back to this episode. That's fascinating. And in that moment, were you like, I'm going to build this movement of a brand? Or you were just like, I want to help people who are in a similar position? That I want to
0: help people that were in a similar position. It it eventually came to, it needs to be a powerhouse brand because, you know, in my opinion, this shit is so hard to do. They're like, if you're not trying to like really do it, what for,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's been a, a journey figuring out how to scale the way that you have. So
0: yeah, yeah it's hard, but it, but it's beautiful. And, you know, at that moment, I had no idea what what I was what what I and we because my brother is my co-founder and then Linda and then we have Antoinette and then we have um, Kelly. These were kind of like the original group of people that that made this a thing. Um,
1: And did everyone sort of get it once you like presented them like the idea and the product? Because I feel like you know, even for your brother, maybe obviously he probably hasn't experienced it. Um, was it difficult to get the vision or, or was everyone on board from the get-go and they were like, this is brilliant.
0: I think that it was like in phases, right? So at first it was me and Cy and the way that it started out with me and him is he, he, he had an accountant firm. He, he, um, he was like a certified public accountant, right? And then he had he had over a hundred clients. He worked in the music business. So he had his head down doing what he needed to do. But he was like, cause he's my chosen brother, you know? Um, and so he was like, Let me just give you a credit card so you don't keep because can I was working at Whole Foods? It wasn't like I was making a lot of money. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say, you know? how logistically, how how did you do it? How were you I able would... to to grow? Because I mean, the the business is incredible. Like, How were you able, obviously at a high level, because I'm sure it's been a very in-depth journey, but from from working at Whole Foods to being in major retailers and having your product almost everywhere, how did you do that?
0: So in the beginning, before we put it out to market, Si would give me a credit card that had a $500 balance I would go and buy buy the ingredients. I would make the product. And then because I worked at Whole Foods, constantly there were people coming in there with vaginal issues. So naturally, because I was very close to my team, they knew what I was going through. So anytime somebody had a vagina problem, they sent them to me. What I would do is I would help them with all the things in the store, you know, because there's still a bunch of stuff to get. Probiotics, you know, all, the, all this stuff suppository, stuff like that. I would help them with that. I'd walk them to the register and then I'd say, I'm going to walk you out to your car. I walked them out to their car, helped them with the groceries. And I told them, I have a product that I can give to you. I don't even want you to buy it, right? And all I need you to do is tell me if it's too strong, too light, too whatever. I just want to know what your experience is. So I was running my own version of a clinical trial, right? did that for, and it wasn't just those people, it was like friends or, you know, the people that I worked with would try it. Like, you know, um, it was just all, it was like people that knew people that were going through something, you know? So it goes from 2012 to about late 2013. And, um, and then somebody tells me about the Bronner Brothers hair show. I had never heard of it before. And um, they were like, you should take this to the Bronner Brothers Hair Show. You know, <laughs> by this time, the people that I had been given the product to, some of them were like, B, we cannot, ta- I can't take this from you anymore. Like I use it every month. Let me just pay you something, you know? So people would like fucking, I'd give them, I'd like leave the wash in the, in the mailbox and they'd leave me the little $5 or $10 or whatever it is that I was charging had no idea, you know, of what to do. And then then there was a phase of like figuring out what bottle to use and what cap and what, you know, so it was constant between this, these two years, it was a constant iteration of like, okay, where do I go? Cause I can't keep buying this shit from Whole Foods. Where do I go? So I can buy bulk ingredients where I can get bottles and tops and labels. How do you even make a label? Where do you even get a UPC code? I didn't know about um, GS1. So I bought like these secondhand GS1 barcodes from this company that sold barcodes. I didn't know anything about it, but you just keep iterating and learning and making mistakes. And sometimes mistakes are costly, but you know, it's just the way that it goes. And then um, and then the then Bronner Brothers hair show came. And that's where we decided we wanted to launch. And that was in February of 2014. We got the opportunity, we ordered like, I don't know, we made. We ordered at least a thousand of bottles and caps and stuff, but we we only could make 600 because everything was being made by hand. It wasn't like we had a manufacturing facility or a chemist or something like my brain was the chemist. Yeah. I was making things with, with kitchen ingredients, with cups and tablespoons and shit, you know? And, uh, and so we made 600 bottles. We sold 600 bottles in a weekend.
1: Wow. And that also, too, I would imagine most people going to a hair show weren't expecting a product like that. But that's interesting that it resonated with that audience. But it
0: makes it makes sense, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Who goes, I mean, who goes to hair shows? <laughs> humans uh, with vaginas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, and so it made it made a lot of sense because. You know, the humans that we wanted to sell it to, they were going to be there. And the other beautiful thing is there probably wasn't going to be anybody competing with us. Very and true. Crazy because people would come by. People came by the first day and it was a little slow. The second day was crazy because everybody would go home, use it. They came back, brought their friends, their cousins, their aunts, their everybody. We had men coming up with their, with their wives. It was insane. That's honestly when we knew we had something because I had told my brother, because he was like, B, I don't only thing I know about vaginas is what I know about vaginas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure he has a different perspective. He had a different perspective. And he was just like, you know, I don't know. And I, I was like, bro, if this if this does not go well, you will never hear about this from me again. But it went well because we sold out of everything that we brought, you know, wow. which is the goal. Like your, your goal is really to pay for the show.
1: Of course. But were you, did it exceed your expectations or in
0: your, it job did. I, I didn't have this. any, I didn't have any expectations cause I yeah. didn't know what to expect, you know? Yeah. And that's when we knew we had something and that's when it was hammer time because that meant it was go time. We had to create a website, you know, we had to create more products. We had to actually build a business and, and, and that was where the hard part started, you know? I bet. Talk yeah. to me ab-
1: about that time. I'm curious why the name, the, the honey Pot, and then um, talk to me about the branding and, and how different the product looks today versus when you started.
0: Yeah. So uh funny story, honey pot came to me. I was literally driving in Atlanta trying to figure out the name of the company. And I drove, I was like stopped in front of this gas station and I looked over at the phone pole, the light pole, and there was a band poster and it was called the Honeypot Band. And I was like, oh shit. I'm gonna call it Honeypot, you know? And that's how the name Honeypot came, to be honest. Like in wow. that Wow. You know? that I was not expecting.
1: But yeah, I feel like Me I love either. your um your like spirituality where things just kind of like come to you at like at the they right do. time. I love that.
0: Yeah that happens to all of us. We just not always. Pay yeah. or attention. We're not
1: paying attention. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that's the case for sure. Um, yeah. so you, you launched the website. I would imagine you're like selling D to C or, or did you go into retail?
0: We, we were selling D to C, but you know, it was, it was all relative. You build a website and then you think everybody's going to come and then nobody comes, you know? <laughs> um,
1: Although we, ads were cheap back then. So your timing was like impeccable.
0: They, they were cheap, but we didn't have any money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still needed real money, at least to the tunes of hundreds of thousands, to be able to do that and, and for it to be meaningful. But what we did do is we continued to do those shows, right? If it was a hair show, a festival, a fucking weekend farmer's market, like there was nothing that was too good for, too, too, too little for us. We did every single thing that put us in front of people. Anytime we could get in front of thousands or hundreds of people in a weekend, we were with it. You know what I mean? And so we, we did that. Eventually the website, you know, it grew from like 30,000 to like 240,000 in a year, which is big growth, you know? Yeah. Um, And then, you know, we, we just, we just kept pushing. We brought in other products to sell. Like they weren't, we weren't making these other products, but we wanted to understand what who and what we wanted to be, you know? We we wanted to understand. Um if we because we knew that we couldn't just be a vagina, excuse me. We knew that we couldn't just be a Volvo wash company, right? I don't I want to say vagina wash because that's a douche that's inside the body. So excuse me. But we knew we couldn't just be a Volvo wash company because that would mean that somebody, depending on how often they use their wash. And the bottle was a bit bigger than, you know, that would mean that we would be beholden to whenever somebody is going to. So maybe maybe our customers would come back every six weeks, every eight weeks. You know what I'm saying? And that doesn't really work well for a consumer packaged goods business. So that's why we brought in some other products for baby, for mommy, wipes, pads. Like we were just trying to figure it out, you know, Um, and that's actually the year where we saw that big growth. And that told us what we needed to be. And then, so by this time we're at around 2016 and that's when, that's when we got the opportunity with Target. But you said something about the old packaging and the new packaging.
1: Yeah. I'm curious how, how the brands evolved. I'm sure
0: it's evolved. It's, it's evolved so much, you know, in the beginning, we thought that we, we, we had like made it difficult and created like A holding company called the Happy Root. And then the Honey Pot was like a brand inside of the Happy Root. Cause maybe, cause in the beginning I was like, oh, I guess it could be a family of brands and da da da. That is not the way that you want to go, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. It's better, in my opinion, to focus in and build one brand because building one brand is hard enough. Uh, So yeah, it's in the beginning, the first packaging said the Happy Root and it had this really cute, like, playful, Tree and the tree had all these really beautiful colors in it. It was very whimsical and cartoony, and because we didn't want, you know, making vaginal products was definitely taboo then, you know, um, whereas now it's just normal. But then nobody was talking about that shit. You know what I, I mean? I know. And there
1: was no variation of products. Like there was there basically one or two options for anything, you know, tampon, pad, whatever related. And that was yeah. it. So you you yeah. kind of were a huge part of, of this, this movement and, and, you know, being in yeah. Target. So the, Target came to you.
0: Yes. Target came to us. We, yeah, we are one of the founding mothers, I should say of, of creating better for you brands, you know, us, Cora, Lola, happy, healthy, Hoo Hoo, which I don't know if they're around anymore. Um, I think they were a a Canadian company. I'm saying these names because all of us brands are important because all of the brands that I just mentioned, which I'm sure that there was some that I left out. I remember the period store, there was all these cool companies that were kind of at the beginning at the precipice of of this movement of clean vaginal wellness. Um, And it was just a really beautiful time because it was hard, you know, like it's hard to go into a retailer that has not traditionally sold these types of products and then get them to be open to it. And then also for customers and humans to, to, to relate to it and know that it's there and take it seriously when they've been using you know, the conventional brands for years and years and years, like all of these conventional brands have so many years ahead of us, better for you brands, you know, and that's okay. Um, But in the beginning, it was just really hard, you know? Yeah. I, I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, Target came to us and um we worked on that for about a year because that's how long it takes. We had no idea though. Uh, maybe a little bit more because a couple things changed kind of while we were flowing, you know. But Target came in 2016. By 2017, we were able to get into 1,100 doors of Target, which is basically full chain. Wow! With our normal sensitive wash and wipe, and from a
1: logistics perspective, you know that that's a very fast transition, especially back then. So how, how were you able to fulfill like those orders? I mean, like people would just hear that and be like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Where as some other people might hear that and be like, wow,
0: how did you do what? that? Yeah, <laughs> it so Sounds like funny. a nightmare. <laughs> the funny thing is we had already, so we, I had been working like with like wholesalers that sold bottles and caps and big, you know, bulk ingredients and stuff like that. But something came into my mind and it was like, you really need to try to find a manufacturer. So we had been actually talking to manufacturers probably like six months to a year before any of this happened, because something just told me that we weren't going to be able to do this for very long because it's it's hard. You know, I also had a job like that's the other thing. Wow. Every human that was working at this company had a full time job because Honeypot couldn't pay us. Everything that we made, we had to put back into the business. You know what I'm saying? And so to be having a full time job, there was probably like a 40 to 60 hour a week job where I traveled three to four weeks out of the year. Um, and I, I was like a traveling salesperson. I sold natural food products, but that was good because that helped Honeypot to be able to get into stores because I would like go sell all the food, the the companies that I, I represented like a hundred companies. Um, and I would, cause I was a food broker and I would go into the retailer for the Southeast. I would go in, sell them the products that I was there to sell and walk out the store, walk back in and sell them honeypot, you know? And so that actually was good for us because that got us into stores in the Southeast. Um, but it was, a and, you know, but then I had to go home and make product and bottle it and label it and you know, shrink rapid. And, you know, by this time we had brought Antoine in and she was doing that full time. We were basically living together. Um, it was, it was insane, but I had, I had started looking for manufacturing facilities. And so by the time we were getting into Target, we had already, we already knew who we were going to go with for our wipes and for our washes. Um, and that that's how it got started.
1: What has been the most challenging, you know, you, you talk so openly about, you know, things being hard and I'm sure they were, what was the most challenging part of building the business? There's so many challenging parts. Like it's, you know, is there anything you would have done differently if if,
0: hindsight? No, I wouldn't have done anything differently because doing anything differently might change what the outcome was. You know? Um, I think that when you're building a business, it's very important to fail. It's very important to be hungry, to go out and be like a hound dog looking for what you need, even when you don't even understand what you need. I think that there's a beauty in not knowing, because if you don't know if you're making a mistake or not, and some mistakes are really good mistakes, even if it doesn't feel like it, you know? So I wouldn't change anything, but it's always hard. Seriously, like it's hard today with a, with a, with a full team, with ho- with a regulatory team and a logistics team and a product development team and a marketing team and a sales team. Like, you know, we have got proper teams and there's still so many things that are hard and there's still so many things that you don't know until you do know. And most of the time when you find out what you don't know, you're already doing what you didn't know. You know what I mean? So it's like, the thing is, is I could give you a million examples of hard shit. To me, none of that really matters. I think the thing that matters is, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to figure it out? Are you willing to never give up unless it's time? Because that's a thing too. You know, um, I think if you've been doing something constantly, for 10 plus years, and it's still yielding you the same thing that it was back then, or just a little tiny bit more, then that might be something that you need to look at. Is this going to work? Right. You know, but I think when you're doing something from scratch and things are working, even when you don't understand, then that's a good communication to the fact that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and all things are in order, which all things are always in order, good or bad, you know, but it's a good indication that the road that you're on is the one you need to keep driving on. You know, and and I, I believe that when you're really connected to what you're doing, you're going to know when you need to take left or right or go straight or do a U-turn and go back. You know what I mean? You're going to figure it out eventually. You just have to be tapped in and tuned in. And I think you also have to be open to making mistakes and open to when opportunities fall out of the sky. Because when you're when you're building something from scratch, from nothing, it really serves you to be focused. You know, um, it doesn't serve you to be all over the place. Yeah.
1: If you listen to this podcast, you likely know that Shopify is the go-to e-commerce platform, helping millions sell to billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing in person at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. <coughs> Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. The best part? With Shopify POS, effortlessly unite your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash glam, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash glam to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash G L A M. Now back to this episode. Speaking of like a a clear, like vision and direct direction from a, a marketing and education perspective, I'm curious how that's evolved over time for you as well, because you, you came in, you really disrupted this category. Like even I think back to 2016 and, you know, these like, you know, non-toxic and these conversations around all these products that are, are so bad for you. No one was really talking about it. So I'm curious, um, how you've approached marketing and education in the most effective way. Um, you know, especially being at such a taboo topic?
0: I think education is our number one product. It's the product that we actually give away for free. It, it It's, to be honest, the most important product because, because it helps people understand the application of whatever product it is that they're, of yours that they're using, right? And I believe that if you're going to be responsible to the humans that you're serving, which all of us consumer packaged package good brands should be, Then the least that we can do is tell people the what, the why, the how, the when, right? Um, And then I believe that I believe when you come from a place of love, transparency, when you come from a place of education, humility, when you're coming from a place of non judgment, when you're coming from a place of um, things not being taboo, it really makes for something really beautiful because then you don't have to be salesy. You know what I'm saying? Like we are never really salesy. You know, um, we only do a couple of sales per year where we actually mark our product down, like on our website and things of that nature. And whenever we're talking, whenever we're promoting our products, we're hardly going to be like, buy me. You should buy this. Like, it's like, here's a story or here's a thing or this is why your pH does what it does. Or, you know, this is what bacterial vaginosis is. This was a yeast infection disease. Like we're constantly iterating and helping people understand the why of what we do, but also the why and the what of what's happening within their body. And then giving people the opportunity to just make their own choice. Because for me, whether you're choosing Honeypot or whoever else, I just want you to be informed so that you can make an informed decision. And maybe one day if you didn't choose us, maybe one day you will. Right. But if you don't, for me, it's okay because if if you were able to learn something or if we were able to learn something because it's not always we're just the ones that are going that are learning this is like a it's like an infinity sign we're we're just we're in a relationship with our customers and the humans we serve and not not just our people when I say customers and humans that we serve that doesn't just mean people that buy our stuff that could mean that you just, are listening or consuming some of the thing our content, right? Or maybe you're listening to this podcast and maybe you had a positive thought. Like to me, that 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 is just as important, if not more important, than a person that's checking out at the cash register. You know, to me they go hand in hand. Um because you know good energy, good energy in brings good energy out. And, you know, and, and that that's really what we want to do. And, you know, we're, we are in a very devoted, committed relationship with our customers and with the humans that we serve. And sometimes, most of the time, it's wonderful. But just like any relationship, shit can come up, you know. And as long as we're in a relationship and we love each other and we respect each other, then we can get through it. And that, that's the way that we see it at Honeypot, you know, um, which is why I'm really grateful that no matter what has come our way, we always get through it because we believe that just, you know, sometimes shit's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? For
1: sure. Um,
0: you know, and I think as long as you have your eye on the ball and there's love and friendship and commitment, then, then it's going to be all right, even if it's hard you know
1: yeah definitely what has been the most rewarding part for you building building the brand and and having such a not only an intimate brand but i feel like like just hearing the way that you speak just like such a connection with your with your customers what what's been the most rewarding part that, for you that the
0: connection with our customers we are deeply and devoted deeply devoted and connected to our customers because we are deeply devoted and connected to our products, which is why we invest in our products so heavily with our with the way that we formulate with the way that we clinically test improve um and learn you know because clinic because clinicals aren't just for output clinicals are also for us to learn do we need to fix this should we should we change the formulation should we you know what I mean you know but I think the thing that has been the most beautiful and the most rewarding is the is the relationship that we have to the people that we make our products for. You know yeah. And And that's all product. That's all the products. That's the that's that's this as a product, that's a physical product as a product, that's a our social media as a product. That's when I'm, when I'm out in the world and, and I meet a customer as a product, like all of, all of it, not just, not just products that sit on the shelf. Tangible
1: product. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well talking a little bit more in depth about the, the tangible products, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned, you know, competitors, which, which is interesting, you know, you don't seem phased by them and, and without being too salesy, I'm just curious what some of your biggest differentiators are as a brand from an ingredient or, formulation perspective and then talk to me about how you've expanded into different scent profiles and and things of that nature and, and how you know which direction to take the brand
0: yeah so de- definitely i, I don't want to say not phased by our competitive comrades i just believe that there's enough business out here for all of us you know what i'm saying like we don't have to like go against each other and shit like i'm not going to talk down on any of them because it's just not necessary and it's disrespectful, right? Especially with the conventional brands, because if it wasn't for conventional brands, there probably wouldn't be a place for us. We probably wouldn't even know to do this, right? Um, and the point. way that the way that Honeypot innovates is we look at the biggest brands that are on the market. And how do we make a better for you option? Out of the biggest products that 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 have touched so many humans' lives. And I am so grateful for those products and those companies and those services because they they, they are the reason why we get to be here because they paved the way, you know. Um so I won't say I'm not phased by them. I'm actually quite grateful for them. Uh, you know, I pray and hope that all of us can just continue to be successful together. You know, what was the other part of that?
1: Or just um like if so you know it's a it's a maybe a confusing category for some people. So if some people are exploring different brands, I'm just curious, some of the differentiators for the different? honeypot. Yeah. And just like you have some really interesting scent profiles and things of that nature. Yeah.
0: So,
1: yeah what makes you guys so, different?
0: So as it relates to scent profiles, um, we are, are anything that you can smell in our formulations are coming from essential oils. Um, you know, it, it is, or, or floral hydrosols or floral waters. Uh, which are very similar to a hydrosol. Um, You know, we are herb powered. So in most of our formulations, you are going to find herbs, a proprietary blend of herbs. Um, I am a natural born herbalist and I definitely believe in the power of herbs. And the thing about herbs is that you have to use them consistently in order for them to work because they're organic to this planet, just like we are. Right. And they help our bodies to do what they need to do on their own. But you have to be consistent with using them and taking them, you know. So, um, you know, uh, the way that we formulate, um, we are where we typically lead with herbs and plants. So so our our formulations are plant derived. Um, We have to use preservatives and things of that nature because we we make a lot of products and they sit on shelves under Really bright lights, and then they have to leave that shelf, and then they have to go sit in your shower, and and you take a hot shower, right? Some people take cooler showers, but you know the the like if it's our Volvo washes, for example, water is a big ingredient in those formulations, right? And so it needs to be able to live in your shower and not grow things. Yeah, <laughs> you know for sure. I mean? And so. Our preservative system is really, really important and we've heavily invested in our preservative system, you know, and then using the right level of ingredients so that it can actually produce so that it can actually actually produce and 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 create the environment that humans are looking for. And I think when, when thinking about our products, the other thing that sets us apart is we were the first ones that ever crossed the shelf. Or the aisle, excuse me. So before Honeypot, nobody, no vaginal wellness brand had ever. So if you back in those days, if you made washes and wipes, that's what you made. If you made tampons, that's what you made. If you made pads, that's what you made, right? What we did is from the beginning, um, you know, me being the the brainchild of it, I never understood why there wasn't one One brand that served everything, that specialized in vaginal wellness, right? And so through that lack of understanding, that's what we developed, right? So Honey Pot makes washes and wipes. So these are vulva external washes. We make wipes. We make treatments. So we actually have OTC cosmetics. What is an OTC cosmetic? And OTC actually has monograph medicine in it. So think of like hydrocortisone cream. So our anti-itch products, we we have a hydrocortisone cream. But the thing about what makes our anti-itch cream different is that we're using really beautiful, efficacious, inactive ingredients. So our inactives are herbs and plant-derived ingredients that partner with the hydrocortisone so that you can actually get to what's happening right now. With the hydrocortisone, you can treat that itch. And also you can be kind of going to what's happening at a cellular level through these plants and herbs and really beautiful oils and things like that, right? And vitamins and things like that. And so, you know, so we make OTC cosmetics, we make um, herbal menstrual pads, which hadn't really created in the mass, hadn't been done in the mass market. So our pads are infused with essential oils of lavender. Uh, rose, also the hydrosols of aloe. Excuse me, the, the hydrosols of, of of aloe and rose, petunia, which is an herb, um, mint. Um, it's it's just a really really beautiful mix. So when you put the pad on, it actually has a cooling effect because you can you can feel the menthol in it, right? Um, so it's really really they're really beautiful. Uh, and then we also have non-herbal pads because not every human wants to use an herbal pad, right? Some of those ingredients might be too much for some people. And so that's why we made sure that we created a non-herbal version. All of our pads have a, a, a cotton cover or excuse me, organic cotton cover on them. Um, you know, all of them, all of them are very absorbent. We make a regular set of pads that come in regular super overnight and panty liners, but then we also do a heavy flow which is for humans who have a heavier flow, right? Um, That come in day, night and panty liners. But these panty liners actually have wings on them. We make incontinence pads, Um, you know, and every one of our pads comes in a a non-herbal version and an herbal version. We make tampons um, that are made with 100% organic cotton. Um, You know, we make boric acid suppositories to help to re-acidify your vagina um, so that you can, kind of rebalance your pH, especially if you've got something going on, right? Um, You know, we make sexual wellness products. So when you think of the biggest things that happen in your life, being a vagina owner, right? My thing is, is whatever a human is going to experience in their life as a vagina owner, especially whether they're being proactive or whether it's acute and it needs to be managed right now, or, saw for right now, Honeypot needs to be in those areas, in those arenas. You know, we have really innovated what vaginal wellness looks like. You know, I, I just believe in the power of plants, I believe in the power of herbs, and I believe in the power of having the right assortment for humans to be able to go to whenever they need it, and to also be the brand that has actually gone the extra mile to clinically test and understand our formulations and how humans interact with them and what we can say on packaging and, you know, and to stay ahead of the curve as it, as it relates to regulatory, because we are in a lot of different regulatory classes, right. And category, um, you know, which is ever changing, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you being this brand and, and, and it's so much more than just buying things to sell things there has to be a level of responsibility to it and devotion to it and the devotion and the discipline comes in making sure that you have the team that understands what's coming down the pipeline a year ahead of time so that we can be thinking about it now but you know but that that has the the um the intelligence and the experience you know we have the best in class team across all of our teams. And we've, we've really invested in that to make sure that we can be responsible with our brand and responsible to the humans that we serve. Because one thing about us, a lot goes into every single thing that we do. A lot, a lot. One, for every product that we make, like a million things has happened before it's come to market. You know, it like when we before we had done clinical trials or clinically tested our products. Basically, the whole time we've been in in mass market, but we went the extra mile in our clinical trials within the last three years. Right, we we tested with over one hundred and thirty people, plus you know could be in the two hundreds by now. Um, you know, we've just invested a lot, a lot, a lot into the science of what we do because it, it, it's necessary. Because it, to me, what good is what good is anything that we do if the shit doesn't work? That makes that that is another thing that that really sets us apart. I think because the product working and being efficacious is like the most important thing to us. Right. And and how do we find that out? The only way to find that out is really having a large group of people try it so that they can tell you what their thoughts are, how it interacted with their body. And that isn't only through product. That also is in marketing. Doing trials on, well, if we say it this way, what does that feel like? If we call it this, what does that feel like? If it's this color, how do you feel about that? Like there, there is so much love. There's so many levels of detail and data that happen for every single thing that we do. So that by the time it goes to market, it's been tried, tested, which is relative, but, you know, but 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 it's tried and trusted. It's tried and tested so that we can understand, at least from a from a from a macro level, how most people are going to receive it. Um, and, and that's really important to us. So I think that that's another thing that really sets us apart because you know when we're, we're, we're not the company that just throws a label on something and just puts something out in the market, it really, really goes through a lot before yeah. we before we do that.
1: And, and I think your customers can can feel that. I'm sure you have incredible loyalty and just oh the, the intention and the thought behind the brand is is truly incredible. Thank
0: you. Um, We do have incredible Lloyds. I I bet you do.
1: Yeah. I mean, no one's, no one's going to leave, right? You're, you're fixing a a major problem for people and providing them a solution and and doing it really in in the right way. So it's, it's really incredible. Um, For my, my final question, uh, what's next for yourself and, and for the honeypot?
0: I think what's next for the honeypot is just, we just want to get better and better. Have you ever, have you heard of um, Emily Cooley?
1: No, I haven't
0: he, he he developed this phrase every day and every way my life keeps getting better better and better I mean he created schools and wrote wrote a book off of this saying and everything and I think that that sums up where we're going next. We just want things just to continue to get better better and better from you know from everything that I just went all around the world with for <laughs> the last thing that I was just saying to. Just wanting our customers' lives to get better, better, and better. The humans that we serve, humanity's life, to just get, keep getting better and better and better. And, and and um any way that we can contribute to that, that is why we are here. We are here to be the change in the world that we live in. You know, and the only way to do that is to be committed to things getting better, better, and better. You know, change, death, and taxes. Those are the only <laughs> things that are constant. Yeah, can you
1: know I mean, we get rid and of the tax part? Like,
0: <laughs> girl, I, I wish, but uh, you know, I, so I don't I don't ever see that changing. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, j- just just want to be committed to the better, better, and better, in whatever way that shows up, and 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 I just want to make sure that the humans that we serve and the humans that may not know anything about us that we don't serve yet or heard about us or feel a negative emotion towards us i pray and hope that we can figure out a way that even if we don't see the same see things the same way or believe in the same things that we can find a way to unite and connect because everybody's different and everybody's going to think one person's right is always another person's wrong you know but i think humanity we we have to really, truly understand that we have to connect. We have to be one. That is the way that we're going to see change in our world. And so that's what we're focused on in in, in our little tiny way of doing it. And that's through serving humans with vaginas, one vagina at a time. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. I, I love chatting with you. For anyone who wants to find out more information on yourself and the honeypot, where can I direct them?
0: You can uh, go to at the honeypot co on, um, on our social media handles, you can go to our website, thehoneypot.com or the honeypot.co C O you can find me on, on, uh, social through I am B Dixon, B E A D I X O N. Uh, you can go into target Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, stop and shop, you know, basically anywhere. <laughs> most, most places. I'm very grateful to say, um, if you want to figure out where we are near you, go to our website, thehoneypot.com or thehoneypot.co. Go to store locator, put in your zip code, and it'll show you where you can go. Awesome. Thank or you so- can just buy us online. Oh, or you and, can buy us online.
1: And Amazon. Amazon. And Amazon. I yep. Gosh, you're everywhere. Well, thanks again so much. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.